Welcome to Every Little Voice, a podcast about community music in the city of Toronto. Produced by all of us at the Regent Park School of Music. I'm Richard Marcella, the Executive Director at the school. And on the podcast today, part of our monthly series, RPSM Talks, as hosted by Thompson Egbo Egbo. So this is live. It's a live panel held on the last Thursday of every month. If you want to be part of these discussions featuring prominent leaders in Canada's music industry, they're free and open to anybody to check out. Just go to rpmusic.org slash events to RSVP for the next one. So here it comes now, another RPSM Talks, as featured on the Every Little Voice podcast. Take care. Love and a fear Gonna let my truth shine Don't even care who hears Don't even care who hears From the Regent Park School of Music in the city of Toronto I'm your host Richard Marcella and this is Every Little Voice and our socially distanced season 3 a podcast about community music And if your little voice and my What does the word Toronto mean? There's, it means that there's trees in the water. And to where that word comes from is disputed a little bit. Uh, some people say it has to do with fishing weirs that were uh, in the narrows between Lake Kuchiching and Lake Simcoe a long time ago. But uh, now it's kind of debated amongst our people. So, where the logs are in the water. People also say, so you hear, depending on the speaker, a lot of people will say, some people say, um, Ontario. Ontario. Ganyadario. A beautiful or nice lake. And that's a, lo- a word we've used for centuries, referring to the lake Ontario. Yeah, Ganyadario. And that's not just a Mohawk word, it's an Iroquoian word. So any language of the Iroquoian family has a similar word for that, whether it be Huron, Mohawk, Oneida, Onondaga. Cayuga or Tuscarora, uh, we all say something similar to Ganyadario. You can hear it, Ganyadario in Ontario. Ganyadara mm-hmm. on lake, and then the Io on the end is beautiful. Ganyadario. Uh, the language that we're speaking is Ganyageha, the people of the Flint language or Mohawk language. Ganyageha. And your people are called? the people of the Flint, who are otherwise known as Mohawks. And we're part of the Rodinoshoni Confederacy, otherwise known as Haudenosaunee or Iroquois Confederacy. Special thanks to Ryan DeCare for sharing part of his Ganyageha language. If you'd like more information, please follow us on Twitter, CKQ underscore U of T.
Thanks, everyone, and welcome. Uh, we missed last month, and so in order to us just to acknowledge that uh, some of the um, new things that have come to light with our Indigenous communities, we're going to just take a quick moment um, of silence before we get started with the evening today. Thank you, everyone. Welcome. This is uh, Regent Park Talks, which is brought to you by Regent Park School of Music. RPSM is a community music school that provides lessons to students both in the Regent Park and Jane and Finch communities for over 20 years by removing financial obstacles. To learn more about the school, please visit www.rpmusic.org. I'm your host, Thompson Egg This is our fifth edition. It is great to be here with you to share um, you know, knowledge about the music industry on many dif different facets, uh, not just you as a performer, but all the things that go into what it is to be a part of the industry. A few housekeeping rules. Please keep yourself on mute unless invited to unmute. If you have any questions, please put them into the chat. Uh, panelists, please feel free to answer any of the questions that you see in the, in the chat. Um, otherwise, Amala will be logging the questions for our Q&A session closer to the end. Please respect the shared virtual space for the school and keep the content discussed here um, and in the chat, school friendly. Thank you very much. Uh, the best way to view the session is by putting yourself on speaker view, um, which is found in the top right corner. So again, thank you for joining us this evening as we delve into the art of collaboration. We'll answer questions like, what are the challenges you know, that you face as a collaborator? How do you even meet a collaborator? And what are the interesting intersections that new collaborations can create? We'll find that all out tonight and let's meet our guests. Jasper has prepared a wonderful little role for us. Send it over to Dopey. Let's make it happen. Tell it to you, Elizabeth Please help me welcome John DJ Dopey, Santiago, Kiyoshi Nagata, Oscar DJ Grouch, Betancourt, and Melanie Durant. 
Um, it's actually a pleasure for me to to do this session today because we've got some RPSM faculty members who have been around and are just pretty awesome dudes. So uh, for some of you who are familiar with uh, the faculty, you'll know how great they are. And for others who don't, um, you'll get to learn how great they are. So I'm just going to start off with John and Kiyoshi. Um, maybe we'll start off with you, Kiyoshi, since you are new, a newer face to us. And, um, and I'd love for you just to kind of tell us a little bit, uh, about your project. Um, then, you know, we'll get Dopey to kind of talk a little bit about his project and then we'll melt that together into how that collaboration goes, goes together. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, so as you know, my name is Kiyoshi Nagata. Uh, I play Japanese drums called Taiko. Um, I've been playing Taiko for over 40 years, um, both in Toronto and also in Japan. And I started my own group called Nagata Shachu. So Nagata is my last name. Shachu is, uh, an old way of saying a performing group in Japanese. So I started Nagata Shachu about 22 years ago and we've been performing across Toronto, Canada, the US and internationally ever since. Um, but one of our one of the things that we do is we put on uh, a concert series every year. So we do three concerts a year. And one of the concerts that we put on is always a collaboration with a Toronto artist. And so last year, we had invited um, John Dopey uh, to collaborate with us. And we were going to have a sold out show, the show was sold out. It was going to happen at the end of March and then the pandemic happened and we had to cancel that show. Um, and there came an opportunity for us to transform this concert into a live stream. And so we're going to be doing that on Saturday, August the 7th. Um, and as you may have heard, the, we're offering the tickets for free to all the Regent Park uh, music students, School of Music students, um, as part of this uh, performance. And we've kind of reimagined this as, as a live stream concert. But, uh, yeah, and it was, it was quite a journey. Like we, we had everything ready in March and then, you know, we hadn't practiced for the longest time and we just started getting together a few weeks ago, uh, once all the restrictions were lifted, uh, to, to kind of remount this whole production. Amazing. Dopey, I'll get you to quickly introduce yourself for anybody who doesn't know who you are already. Um, and then, uh, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Thompson, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. As you know, um, we, uh, uh, Regent Park School of Music faculty for, I don't know, six years now, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, the collaboration with, with Kiyoshi is, uh, as he said, um, has been brewing since I think we first sat down, um, uh, December. Kiyoshi, I think, right, uh, of 2019, when we first kind of uh, started examining um, what we could do with this collaboration that he he actually approached me with. I think he was uh, he initially reached out to uh, a, a DJ friend of, of mine and Oscars as well. And, uh, I, you know, for whatever reason, he wasn't able to do it. And I was lucky enough to be handed kind of like a Kiyoshi's contact and we, we hit it off from there. And we kind of uh, discussed what we could do with, with this uh, collaboration. And I was into it right away. Um, I hadn't really done a collaboration like this that that kind of uh, is that outside of my box and um, something I, I guess more challenging and different that, and could probably open me up musically. Um, so I was I was all for it. Um, and uh, as Kiyoshi said, we started uh, rehearsing and and uh, you know the pandemic happened and and we were really excited and uh, the show was sold out and we were pretty much ready to go. We're, we're close to ready to go um, back in March of last year and. Uh, yeah, and he fast forward to you know uh, August 
2021. Uh, we're we're going to do it uh, as a live stream instead of uh, an in-audience um, performance, which is totally fine with us as, as long as we uh, were able to share, you know, the collaboration that we had practiced hard and dedicated ourselves for months to to kind of uh, um, uh, put together. Um, so we are just as excited to do it online. And um, thank you for, for kind of like uh, Rich and our PSM team for kind of like helping us out, kind of put it out to the community and especially to the community that I care deeply, that, you know, about uh, our Regent Park area and um, in our school, right? Uh, I think it's great for our kids to see and uh, to see such a different, two different worlds collide. So I'm not sure if I'm like, I'm kind of just blabbing at this point, Thompson, so stop me whenever you want. No, no problem. You know what? I'm going to ask you a quick question, uh, Kiyoshi, which is, one, is this the first time you've worked with a DJ? But two, what, and if it isn't, what made you want to do that? But, um, you know, clearly we know uh, of Dopey's uh, prowess, but um, what made you want to kind of go down this path? And like, what were the, what were the things you envisioned about this collaboration? Yeah, so I guess to answer your first question, yes, this is the very first time we've ever worked with a DJ. Um, the reason we wanted to go down this path was because I wanted to try something that I think would be very challenging, um, but also at the same time very rewarding. Um, when we collaborate, usually it's more, you know, music ensembles, like we've worked with tabla drummers or Celtic musicians or jazz musicians. But you know, I've, I've always felt this connection with, you know, just the beats of and the scratching of like that uh, you can hear from a DJ. And I thought this would be really something so cool because Tycho is all about beats and rhythm and feel. And, you know, I, I was, when I was watching uh, DJ Dopey stuff on, on YouTube and on Facebook, immediately, uh, I, I saw some things that, you know, we could really, kind of bridge those two art forms together. And uh, when I had my first meeting with uh, with John, um, we hit it off right away. Like, I think we both felt like we wanted to, to take ourselves to that, you know, that uh, to be uncomfortable at first, you know, just to see, to challenge ourselves. Um, and that, I think that's, for me, what makes it really exciting is that we were both willing to take a risk. We we're both willing to take a chance. Um, and we were both willing to put in the time as well. Um, because I think that's a really important aspect of it is the, the commitment and the effort and the time to actually make it, to make it work and to make it happen. And, uh, and I'm so glad that, uh, I, I, I found, uh, John just, just by searching on the internet and I saw his stuff and I, I said right away, you know, like, let's, let's do this. Amazing. That's a good reminder to make sure your stuff is out there so people can, uh, can find it, um, which is really great. We're we're learning a really great lesson today for the students who, um, you know, who may be new to performing and may be new to the spotlight. And that is that the show must go on. And thank you, Melanie Durant, for teaching us that no matter what happens, the show must go on. And we appreciate you being here. Um, I'm going to just kick it off to to you, just to uh, for people who don't know or familiar with your work. Um, I've been listening to your work before. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain because I listened to a, an interview with you recently, and so I'm not gonna say anything that might reveal any you know things about about age. But uh, you've been around for a very long time. Uh, I'm curious about um, you know your 
the collaborations with with um, DJ Grouch, but I actually am more curious, and we'll get to it later, about your collaborations with your mom and your daughter. So that's something mm-hmm. we'll have to touch on. But anyways, please introduce yourself and let us uh, um, just give us, you know, whatever you you have to give us. Well, hi, my name is Melody Grant. I'm a singer-songwriter from Toronto, Canada, Ontario, all of the above. Um, I've lived all over Toronto, from Brampton to LB Town, Rexdale, Jayabinch, and I'm multicultural. I'm like a poster child for multiculturalism. I'm mixed with pretty much everything from, I don't know, Let's get to the music. Um, Rux was introduced to me by uh, Maximus Entertainment, which was uh, my manager at the time. And I was told, because I hadn't met him yet, that this guy is the best, the very best underground DJ that there is. And I was like, wow. So I was so impressed by that title. Rux is such a great guy. You know, I mean, he's always willing to, to help me out with whatever I need help with. And, and when we're doing shows, he's great in there. I love it. We're always just having fun. Nothing too, you know, robotic or, you know, contrived. Everything is natural and it feels amazing. He's always got funny things and, and cool things to bring to the page. Like, for example, um, we did Jerk Fest a couple years back. I think it was two years ago. And uh, we had a full live band with horns, drums, everybody, backup singers. It was such a great sound. And uh song ended in Groucho and what the hell? <laughs> I was like, wow. But it was so much fun. Everybody started laughing. I started laughing. But it's just like comedy and, and being real within the moment and a true musician, you know? A DJ knows what to play for people and what they need to hear in the moment. And it's not necessarily a playlist or anything contrived. It's what comes from your heart when connecting with an audience. And that's really important as a musician. Musician, DJ, entertainer, no matter what you are, you got to connect with your audience. I find this very important. And Grouch has that on lock. Did I and, ramble off? I no, that's per- that was perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> I'm going to uh, now, you know, last but not least, obviously, Grouch, uh, we'd love to hear from you again. You know, some of the students may be familiar with you. Um, some may not. So we'd love just a small little background. And uh Again, whatever you'd like to uh, say before we kind of really dive into um, these collaborations. Oh, cool. Um, well, like you guys said, uh, my name is DJ Grouch, uh, real name Oscar. I'm not a grouch, you know what I mean? But that's where the name comes from. Um, so I've been a, a teacher, uh, an instructor at the uh, at Regent Park School of Music for the last six years. I came in, in alongside uh, John Dopey and, uh, and Jasper and K Little Jazz. And, uh, the connection there is, you know, me and, and Jazz were in a crew together. Uh, we still are, uh, Turnstiles, where we competed in numerous DJ battles. Um, and that's pretty much how I got my name in the city. You know what I mean? I, I came up, uh, in the trenches of the, the Toronto underground scene, um, in the, in the early nineties. Uh, I don't look at myself, uh, you know, people will call me an OG or a mentor, but I don't, I feel like I'm like third generation Toronto hip hop. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't first and I wasn't second, um, like kind of middle school, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, that's how we kind of came up in, in the Toronto scene battling and all that stuff. Uh, I started DJing when I was like 13 and, uh, and then I, shortly started producing like maybe like five years later like making beats on on whatever i could and i've always been yeah just been into music you know what i mean and uh i was fortunate enough to just uh you know be at the right place at the right time and connect with all kinds of people i think uh my claim to fame is i, I think i've dj for everybody <laughs> in the city 
Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Melody's been one of my my most frequent and greatest uh, collaborators. Like she, uh, she's awesome. She's a down to earth uh, girl, uh, great spirit, great vibe. Um, and we just connected instantly. You know, she's just like she's like my my. I won't call her my little sister, but uh, she's like my my sister. I mean, she's little in height compared to me, but uh, you know. Um, and as far as the age thing, I still don't know how old she is to this day. So you know, she may be older than me. She may be younger. I'm not even sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we uh, yeah, just the way we connected in the studio. That's how I met her. Uh, I met her when we uh, she had just recorded the uh, uh, "Where I'm Going" song, which eventually became her first uh, single. And she had uh, the remix featured "Common," which was crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just um, going in to collaborate on that song. It was just like you know, they told me the basic concept of the song and bring some stuff that might fit it. And um, for some reason, when I heard the track. I instantly thought of, uh, I heard Chuck D from Public Enemy on it and I, I took an acapella and the rest is, is history. And, uh, yeah. Amazing. I, I, I think I rambled too. Sorry. No, 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 it's no rambling. It's great to, to get to, um, get to these, uh, this, these stories and add a bit of uh, context. You know, one of the things I'm really curious of is I know in my own, life in terms of, you know, being a musician, there have been collaborations I've shied away from because I didn't feel, you know, yeah, you know, not to sound too, I guess, uh, self-deprecating, but I didn't feel worthy. And so I'm curious, you know, for, for all of you, probably more like earlier in your career, maybe you still get some of those, um, you know, those butterflies now when there's somebody you want to really collaborate because you think they have, um, there's something really cool about either whether it's their style, what they present, what they have to offer as a person, you know, what, what do you, what's the process you go through in terms of just saying, Hey, can we, can we do something? And you, oh, sorry, I should throw that out to somebody. So I'll, I'll throw that out to uh, you, Dopey first. Um, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. I think, I think, um, you're right. It's, it's got something to do in terms of like being nervous and not feeling worthy at, at an early stage in your career. You know, I think it's something that, um, and it doesn't necessarily stop happening, but I think we deal with it better with age. And I think as we mature as artists, as we mature with our music, we get more confident in what we do and, and we kind of, we know our place. And obviously if you're, if you're brought into a space that is uncomfortable, for example, like the, the Taiko, um, uh, collaboration that I'm doing right now with, with Kiyoshi, it's, it definitely felt like that in the beginning, but it takes just like, you know, um, a couple sessions with them to feel them out and to just kind of really, really get into a groove musically. And then kind of those, those, uh, nervous feelings or, or just unworthy feelings, as you would say, kind of disappear real quick. And, you know, when I was younger, I think it was just, um, it was just that like lack of experience, lack of confidence in what I do and what I can do and what I, knowing what I could do, knowing my limitation. I think that's what really, really held me back from, you know, maybe perhaps doing more collaborations with people that uh, I don't think I ever necessarily turned anyone down, but maybe doing more with people that I had already done collaborations with. So I'll leave it at that and maybe let someone else chime in. Sure. I'll, I'll let you, uh, go, go after that, uh, Grouch. You're on mute though. Yeah, it's on mute. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with, with John like that. I, I mean, sometimes I didn't feel like I was, uh, you know, that I wasn't uh, worthy or maybe more more so experienced to do it. But uh, I, the more the more I did it, like, um, you know, collaborating with different artists, like that kind of, that actually is what kind of built up my uh, my confidence in performing and, and just, just working with different people. Like um, I got to work with like some of the, the best, uh, you know, uh, artists, uh, in the hip hop scene, you know, just by, you know, them reaching out, getting into a, a DJ on a song, you know what I mean? And, and just to do some scratches in, on, in the studio. And, 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 and that was like a, a mutual, like, uh, it's mutually beneficial because I learned what it, what it took to, you know, record in a studio and, you know, and, and see how everything worked, you know, like uh, how the board worked, how different machines work, the reels. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's how old I am. I, I was recording on reels. So, um, you know uh yeah it's um i think after a while you you build up your confidence and you you just it becomes second nature you know what i mean um and you can just do things on the fly you know what i mean Uh, i'll point out a story too like um you know mel like we i think i still can't remember how it came about but you know mel would do this acapella where she would she would do the uh uh the, the reggae dance hall uh cover version of when i see you smile during her show i was like a little yeah she's here remember. so uh you know this is like when we were doing this is like when we early on before we, you know we were doing digital as far as like you know no uh no computer laptops it was just all vinyl or sometimes we had to you know switch to to cdjs because that's the that's the technology at the time um and so i just threw on a record and i she started acapella and then i just started to do the dance hall beat by drumming you know by manually taking a kick and making it into like a a dance hall pattern to accompany her while she did the vocal and it kind of it always blew the audience away and it's really simple to do it's nothing like crazy but you know the the the, the most simplest things like be the best things right so amazing amazing um now kiyoshi so you know you've you guys put on three concerts a year um and they are done are they all collaborated concerts uh, two of the three concerts are collaborations, and then one concert is just my my group alone. Yeah. So, question for you: What's been the progression um, in terms of the different the artists that you've uh, approached? What was your approach in, uh, early on? Um, has that changed to your approach now? Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I can agree with what um, John and DJ Grout said about in the early days, feeling very nervous about approaching anyone, not feeling worthy. And, you know, I still feel that way, whoever I approach. Um, for me, there is also that, you know, uh, as a Japanese drummer, the way we learn our music is taught orally. So early on in my career, I didn't even know how to read Western notation. So I thought, well, how can I collaborate with other musicians if I, if I can't even read music, you know? Um, but, you know, it, as it turns out, almost all the artists that I've ever worked with um we've never used a, a, a musical score to to collaborate with it was all based on feel and talk and especially when we're working with other um like cultural musicians like tabla or african drumming they have their own language too and so we're able to and of course with john with with uh dj music i mean it's all just back and forth passing ideas along and nothing's like written down, you know, on paper or anything, right? It's all done by feel. And, um, you know, and I also realized too that when I was, whoever I asked to collaborate with, I think they were equally as nervous. Like, you know, there was not, uh, I wasn't the one who was inferior. 
they probably felt the same way. We, and I think that's a really good thing to come into a collaboration, um, you know, feeling that kind of nervousness, um, but also that willingness to, to um, experiment and to explore. But also, I think you have to be willing to fail, too. I know it sounds strange, but, you know, sometimes not every collaboration is going to be successful, even despite your best efforts. Um, but you learn from those collaborations, too, and you, you can grow as an artist. So I think um, that's a real process for me and for my group is um, no matter what the experience is, you can always learn from it. You can always become a better musician. And, um, you know, as I said, the best some of the best collaborations are when it's just going back and forth with ideas like we are right now with the, with John Dopey. You know, hey, here's some of our music. What do you think? And then John would say, yeah, yeah, I can I can really I feel something in that. Like I have something in my repertoire that I can really bring to the table. Or vice versa, he would play something for us and we say, oh, yeah, that reminds us of a rhythm that we can play. So, you know, it was just kind of going back and forth, having these conversations. And then at the first rehearsal, we just kind of tried it out and, you know, made made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, but, you know, it's it's really gelling now. And, and that's how, you know, we're proceeding with, with this concert and with many of the other collaborations that we've done. Awesome, awesome. Now, Melanie, I have a question for you because I feel like collaboration is probably the space that you live in in terms of just what has to happen um, in terms of the music that you put out. I'm curious to one sort of what's what are the most rewarding types of uh, collaborations um, and two, uh, and I know because I've seen different interviews of you, is your communication um, ability to get what you need out of those collaborations. So I'm curious about how you go about that to make sure you can kind of, um, you can present your music, you can present your voice, you can present yourself in the way that's most in line um, with the way you see it. Are you on mute? Can we now? <laughs> the dogs, I'm so sorry. <laughs> First of all, um, I, I like how everybody said that uh, you're a little nervous to ask people because, you know, you don't want to be rejected. Nobody likes rejection. And I always felt like uh, I don't want to ask anybody for anything because I'm not an asker. I'm a DIY kind of girl, you know. So I my first album was really just me until I signed to Motown. And then it turns out Common actually asked to be on where I'm going. So I was like, give the man the song. Why are you even asking me? Give it to him, you know? And then the producer, original producer of that song, lost the vocals. Or lost the instrumental, not the vocals. And we had to do it all over again. And we got it done. And Common got on the album. And that's the story of that song. As for collaborating with uh, band members and stuff like that, um, I don't read either. I can read music. I don't read because it takes me out of my element. I'm a feel kind of girl. If it feels right, if it feels good, then that's then that, then it's right. If you're counting and asking me what's a one e and a two e, I, I I can answer, but it it just it doesn't feel good to me. You know, it's not about um how everybody has the process. You know, and for me, if I have to sit there and be like oh, one, two, three, four. I, I, it doesn't feel good to me. So I don't really work well like that. Like I said, I can, but I prefer not to. So. Um, back to asking, I, I don't like to ask because it doesn't feel good. You know what? The first person I've ever asked where it felt good was Grouch because we've, um, worked together for so long and we're not just like coworkers. We're actually friends, you know? So it was easy to, Hey, do you want to do this? Yeah, sure. Send it. Here we go. Boom. So <laughs> I love that. I love that. 
And it might have made me feel a little more uh, confident in asking others, you know, for the future. But I haven't done that yet, but <laughs> it might make me feel confident in asking other people in the future. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, so question for you, who has, or what's been one of the most unusual collaborations you've been asked to do that um, has turned out really, like, beautifully? Unusual collaborations? Uh, I don't know that nothing comes to mind. Like I said, I, I don't really like to do, like to ask, and I don't recall at the moment being asked. I don't know if I'm missing something and you're leading and you know the answer. No, no, I'm not, 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 a, not at all. Not at all. I think, you know, uh, if I think about, uh, you know, Dopey and then sort of how that's come together, it may seem, I think to the audience may seem like it's come out of left field, but one of the things, you know, I've said to many students that I've had to teach is that number one, learn as much music as possible, but number two, learn as much different music as possible because that's what's going to sort of help inform. So that's why I'm kind of curious and, and anyone can actually answer this, which is, what are kind of maybe some of the spaces that you may not operate in as a musician, sort of maybe whether that's genre wise or anything other, somebody's come to collaborate and it's really been something that, whoa, okay, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, um, you know, being stitched together. But when it when it was, it was pretty beautiful. And then you're back on mute, but it's okay. I'm not tech savvy. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm doing the mute thing. It's because there's an echo on your phone. That's why. Oh, I had to put it on this because everything went south. I was in my car and then the volume was so low, I couldn't hear anything. But that's good to know. I'll kind of move it over here. Hopefully that helps. Oh, no problem. Just when you're not talking, then we'll need it so we don't get the echo. Okay, sorry about that. Do you want to hit me with the question one more time? Oh, oh, the best uh, collaborations is live music when a musician, there's many, there's many different versions of songs. I don't just do my own material. I work with my mom. We do tribute shows, Donna Summer, Tina Turner, Diana Ross and the Supremes, many different acts. And there's many different versions of those old school songs. So every once in a while, we'll have a new player and that player will know a different version. But I know, I don't want to say all versions, but I know many versions and so do other musicians. So when a new guy comes in and he's like, I learned this version, that's the version we'll play. Or we'll mix different versions and everybody's playing the same song and it's just feels amazing because it's a feel thing. Like I was saying earlier about Grouch, you you feel the music and you relay the music and you give the people what they want. So I think that was one of my most, well, specifically, it was a song called Honky Tonk Woman by Tina Turner and Ike Turner. And we had a new keyboard player and he played the Ike Turner version where Tina Turner has just a, a rock and roll version that we normally do show so when he started playing the ike turner version we all turned and looked at each other like here we go it was so exciting because we've never done it before and we're not going to leave this guy out there not knowing what's going on so we just went with him and it was such a beautiful moment and it sounded so great and the audience responded by you know yelling and screaming and dancing and standing ovation it was so great i got chills talking about it i think the first time i like knew you or like you know i feel like there's whether it's artists or actors, you see a bunch of movies and then there's that one movie you're like, oh, this is that actor. And then when you go back and see the other stuff, you understand, you recognize them. It was actually the Nancy Sinatra, the Bang Bang. That was the first one I was like, whoa, what is that? And that's actually the first time I heard that song. So I didn't even realize at the time it was a cover. I was just like, that's really cool. <laughs> um, Kiyoshi, I'm going to ask you the same question, just sort of, and you're kind of living in the space right now uh, with the stuff that you're doing because 
I guess I'm going to assume that, you know, um, Japanese music is, uh, and this is maybe the wrong assumption. Um, it's not, I don't imagine that there are a plethora of groups in the city that are doing that. So I feel like your, your collaborations will be melting different worlds together. We're fortunate to be in Toronto. Um, what are, there's probably some collaborations that are kind of obvious. They make sense. Um, and some that don't. So what are some, what have some of those, maybe your favorite, most favorite uh, collaborations been? Yeah, I mean, there's been so many great collaborations. Um, we've worked with like Ron Davis, who's a great jazz pianist, and his uh, Symphronica, which has a string quartet. Um, we worked with the Esprit Orchestra, which was like contemporary classical music and Japanese drums of all things. Um, we've worked with blues musicians um, and, and Celtic musicians. And, um, you know, the, the real... Like, like you said, like when people think of Japanese drumming, they think of it as being a very rigid art form. Like there's not a lot of flexibility in what you do. Like people don't think there's improvisation. Um, and for most Japanese drum groups, there aren't. Like you just kind of learn the music that's been taught from generation to generation. But, but our thing is to create our own music. We have moments of improvisation in our, in our songs. And so, you know, some of the, the best moments that I've had in collaboration um, and I think Melanie was referring to this was this kind of these moments of spontaneity where something just happens on stage that you're not expecting to happen. And you stop thinking so much about all the details of the music or what comes next. And you're just starting to feed off of each other and play off of each other. And I think those are the really cool moments um, in collaboration when when just this magic happens, you know, um, it doesn't always happen, but usually at least in every collaboration, there are those sparks where something you're going, aha, you know, and ah, this is what makes it worth it, you know, like this. And, and I think when those moments happen, the audience can feel it too. They can really react from that. Um, they can see that it's, it's not a contrived thing that, um, there's something very genuine about the performance when, when those moments happen. So yeah, that's, for me, that's, those are the highlights of collaboration. Amazing. We've, uh, well, Jasper's been working very hard on, uh, this particular show. Well, he works hard on all of them. Um, and he's, uh, drummed up some footage for us actually of, uh, of one of your rehearsals. So I'm going to actually get him to throw to that just quickly right now. If, uh, you'd be so kind, Jasper, I hope I didn't uh, catch you off guard. Fantastic. Well, we're we're all looking forward to that. And again, thank you for uh, offering tickets to the students. Um, before I actually get to some collabos with uh, Melanie and Oscar, I'm just going to get uh, uh, Dopey and, and uh, Oscar. You guys said that you've been at the school for is it only six years? I feel like it's been longer than that. I mean, maybe Rich can chime in. I. I, yeah, I was off the top. It could be longer. I feel like it was like when I came back. Um, I was jealous of what you guys were doing. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to ask, what's the collaboration like from a teaching perspective? Because you guys, you know, have combined in uh, collaborating on, you know, what the instruction, which I think is actually 
pretty awesome for for the students, which is just getting different perspectives of how to approach the same thing, which is, I think, you know, something important in music, which is one of the things when I was saying back to try different music, it's just, just so you can see the different ways to approach your instrument. Um, what's made that collaboration work? Uh, I mean, you guys are still here doing it, so... Um, I don't want to assume that you like each other, but you clearly have had a a decent work in the relationship. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Yeah. Like like you said, I I think Oscar and I go way back. Um, You know, Oscar and and Jasper were guys that I looked up to when I was coming up. I'm kind of the fourth wave, so so to speak. If if Oscar and and Jasper are like the third wave of hip hop in Toronto, I'm kind of like right, right underneath these guys. So these guys are, are my gods right here. So, you know, Fast forward to now, um, now that we're older, like these are the guys I looked up to um, and that I dreamed of really working with in the future. So here we are now. Um, but with that said, I think our conversation, our collaboration, that makes it easy because we come from the same world and we have been kind of through thick and thin ourselves. We've been through a lot uh, of, uh, you know, battles together. Um, whether it be like worldwide competitions or even just locals that, that they ran for guys like myself coming up. So, uh, you know, the communication and the ease of um, kind of what we need to get done. Like we, we have, you know, our, our points of what we want to we want to get across to our, our students. And it's easy enough for Grouch and I to kind of go back and forth collaborating on whether it be a beat or, or just how um, a lesson should be approached. Um, and, and we've, I think, even gotten better at this uh, during the pandemic because we were forced to kind of uh, have conversations. And, and not that we didn't before, Rich, we did, <laughs> but uh, uh, we were forced to have conversations uh, more constant, you know, and, and we're, we're really uh, forced to, to think about things more in, um, in, in a way where we have to think about keeping everyone engaged. So Oscar and I chat on a weekly basis and, and we kind of can, you know, cover what we, what we have to, what we want to like achieve that week. And it's, you know, it's easy with Oscar and I. So I think that helps. Um, Oscar, chime in, please, anytime. I'm a blabber, so. No, no, it's, um, you know, yeah, like, given the history of the, you know, John and I have known each other for probably like 1996, 97, so. 97, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, um, yeah, like, just, you know, and it's it it goes beyond djing we're you know we're we're great friends we we've been you know like uh hung out for many years you know what i mean so it just it's just really easy to like uh work on a lesson together and, and just uh you know uh try to figure out ways to you know to teach things and what's cool about djing too it's just like no no two djs will 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 scratch the same or maybe even mix the same or, or whatever but the, the basic fundamentals and, and theories are there and we just it's just a matter of uh you know just improvising and, and uh uh putting forth some sort of uh way of doing it in unison you know what i mean and, and uh you know yeah it, it's it's work you know what i mean and uh yeah it's crazy how much you know we were able to achieve uh throughout this pandemic um just virtually you know what i mean it's it's just not the same teaching virtually versus being in, in person but uh, we made it happen you know what i mean and, and uh some of our students have really excelled you know in, in this 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 uh particular way of teaching so you know it, it's it's been it's been a blessing and uh yeah i mean um I think it's just it's just going to get better and better you know what i mean um it's uh it's almost automatic now so yeah. Amazing. Well, we thank you for uh, definitely being there for our students uh, through all of this. Uh, hopefully we can get back to 
get back to giving people hugs. That's what I miss. Yes. I keep saying not enough hugs. That's what's, uh, that's, yeah, not enough hugs. Um, so Melanie, question for you, uh, in terms of, you know, you're, you're working with different people. What are, what would you, and not in any particular order, like what are some of the big, what's some of the, the biggest value you've gotten from working with different, um, artists as to, you know, somebody saying, well, why should I work with someone else? You know, I can kind of do it all on my own. I can work on GarageBand or, you know, Ableton Live or Logic and I can do the, there's so many people who have done this out of their bedroom. Um, what, what would you, what would be the encouragement to, to get out there and say, Hey, I, I think I'm going to, you know, work with this person. Other artists, they have their own audience that you can tap into and vice versa. You have your own audience, they have their own audience. Two audiences come together and they meet new artists. It just opens up the spectrum of, you know, who you can give your message to, you know? Did I answer the question? <laughs> no, 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 you, no you, you, totally, you totally did. Um, no, that's great. And so I would say, I mean, I'm sure you get asked this question all the time because we all get um, asked this question. And I think it's, it's great to kind of understand inspiration. Um, if there's somebody... If there's an artist right now, and actually what I'd said I was going to get to with you, which I didn't, which is what I'm most curious about is the collaboration with both your mom and your daughter and how, how that works. I just had a son. Um, he's four months old. I'd love for him to play music, but I don't want to teach him because I'm still a little scarred. I feel like, uh, it's so <laughs> I'd love to like be able to collaborate with him some, but some point, but I'm like, you can go, someone else can teach you. Um, what's that like one to kind of, I don't want to, again, don't want to make any assumptions, but what's it like to, you know, work with your mom, do that, but then also to see, you know, your daughter also kind of picking up sort of the family trade. It's amazing. It's the best feeling in the world. I don't even have a word for it because it's just that amazing. Um, with my mom, we've always sang together for fun. I was allowed to jump on the couches. The couches were not wrapped in plastic and <laughs> we would jump on the couches and sing and even on the coffee table and burst out from behind the curtains. And now we have a show where we do that. It's just part of uh, life. It's like my childhood on stage to show everybody else. So where my daughter comes in, I just sang to her the same. I mean, she didn't jump on the couches. I didn't tell her not to, but <laughs> that wasn't our thing. We would freestyle. I would sing to her and she'd sing stuff back, whether it's, uh, I don't want to clean my room or whatever it might be at the moment. And we would laugh about how much fun we were having. And uh, initially she didn't want to sing. She didn't want to sing. And actually we had her in the show with my mom and um, she was not having fun. She was actually getting kind of angry about everything. And then I, I didn't realize what it was. It was stage fright. It was afraid. So she was reacting instead of being scared with being upset, you know, or, or getting angry or, you know, just being a little shocked, you know. But uh, when she made the decision to actually want to be an artist on her own, she did everything herself. She didn't come to me and say, mommy, I want this and that. The one thing she did say was, mommy, can you record me on your computer? And I was like, of course, she goes, show me how you do it. And I just, I showed her the app GarageBand because I had taken down my Pro Tools. It became so outdated. Like, I think I still have Pro Tools 7. And they kept switching around where every button was with the newer update. And I just want to sing. I didn't want to work everything. It just, it's just like, I was so bad at working it. Instead of uh, chopping up the vocals, I would just sing it again. It's like, yeah, I'll just sing it again. And I'll just sing it top to bottom. Perfect. Because I didn't want to deal with the technical stuff. <laughs> Which is silly. But yes, I showed her 
GarageBand the easier way with her computer. She never asked me again. I was like, are we going to record? She's like, I used it on my own computer. I did it. I bought like six songs and thanks, mom. <laughs> I was like, okay, high five. Good job. But uh, just like you don't want to teach your son, I didn't want to teach my, my daughter to play piano. I wanted somebody else to teach her if that's what she wanted to do. She took an interest in it for a little while. And I, this might be terrible, but I know I don't have patience with certain things and I didn't want to ruin it for her. You know, I, I personally can't take bad notes and <laughs> I don't want to get upset. So it's like, feel your own thing. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't do bad notes though. She's got a natural ear for stuff. But piano, like it's not, I wasn't talking about voice, I was talking about piano. The voice she's got down because we've been, we've been singing. That's what we do. It's not a job. It's for the love of music, for the, the love of feeling and, and sharing and enjoying and just vibing. So yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Oscar, you said you've worked with almost everybody. So the question for you is who haven't you worked with that you do want to work with since, you know, you got it like that? Um, I'm going to answer that, but before I answer that, I got to just give, uh, Melanie and her family their, their flowers, as they say these days. Um, because actually that's always been the best part of the show when she, she would, you know, present the band to everybody. Like, you know, this is this person, this is this person. And then would she go, this is my daughter. And the crowd would go crazy. And then it was like, this is my mother. And then everybody's like, whoa, like they're just blown away that they can't believe that three generations of singers are all up on the stage and they all look, you know, good. You know what I mean? Like they're, you know, like there's something in that, in that gene pool there of, uh, of the Durant family that they all, they just don't age. You know what I mean? So yeah. So it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, who have, so who haven't I collaborated with that I wanted to? Um, well, you know, I mean, indirectly I did, you know, I did do some stuff with, uh, with Drake, but that was kind of like, it wasn't like an official thing. So maybe, you know, out of the, the, the new crop of, uh, of, uh, of acts from the city. And he's obviously the, the golden boy of the, of the city. You know what I mean? Uh, how do you spell that? Is it, can we get that? Who? Who, yeah, who did you mention? I said Drake. Who? <laughs> okay. Do we have a link to some of this stuff or? <laughs> like, <who's he? laughs> Never heard of him. Um, yeah, but anyway, I mean, we did, like, it was, uh, it was a mixtape song that was like uh, done with his old producer, uh, Snaz, who I actually, uh, I used to DJ with his, his brother. And so that's uh, Snaz is the kid brother of uh, one of my good friends growing up. And uh, and then we just, you know, he had a song that he produced for Drake and he just wanted me to do scratches on it. It just came out on a mixtape, but it was never an official thing. So it would be more of like doing an official track. You know what I mean? But that's, I don't know, that's, that's pretty much it. I think I've, uh, you know, I mean, there's, 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 I, nothing comes to mind right now, but yeah, like that, I would say it was, it was Drake. Who said, John said Blake in the <laughs> chat. Blake. And, uh, Kiyoshi, I'll ask, uh, you that as well. I know, actually, funny enough, I just ran into Ron Davis last week. He just bumped into you on a tree. He's doing his walks. You know how he likes, he loves to do his power walks. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think you said this before, but Toronto is a great place to collaborate with people because you got so many different artists from different genres of music and different cultures. And so there's a, I have this huge wish, uh, wish list of people from flamenco dancers to an Iranian dance company. Um, and I'd love to work with John Dopey again. We were talking about this last night, that footage you played uh, earlier. That was just from rehearsal last night. Um, we just, 
put on our camera <laughs> and just started shooting. And we're saying, yeah, this is, this feels like it's just the beginning. Like, um, you know, like it's still in its infancy and that um, we think it's going to get better, uh, you know, if we continue to try to do this into the future. So definitely more collaborations with John, but, uh, you know, looking ahead, like I, I, I love working with dancers, uh, especially dancers that are very rhythmic, like flamenco, um, dancers that have a lot of emotion, like, uh, you know, contemporary dance or uh, things that are a little bit more kind of interpretive or free. Um, but I, I'm willing to really try to work with, you know, anything. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here to learn. Like I, you know, I, I, every collaboration I've done, I've learned something. Um, and, and that's helped me grow as a musician. It's helped our, my group uh, grow as a music ensemble. And, um, you know, as Melanie said, it's like, if, if my group just did three concerts every year, but it was just my group, like we're not, we're not going to get repeat audiences coming back because they're going to say, well, I've seen that already. I've seen them play by themselves. But every time we play with another artist, it gives people reason to come back to see us because they're really interested to see what, what we're doing with other people. So, you know, it's also a really great way to um, maintain your audiences, but also to, to grow your audiences as well. Amazing. And, uh, Toby, I'll ask you the same. Mm, um, yeah, interesting. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, I think, uh, I think if you're into hip hop and production, I think we all have had, had that dream of, uh, working with Dilla. Unfortunately, that's, that's definitely not, uh, possible anymore, uh, as he passed, uh, uh, years back. But, um, I was also close to doing that because uh, my manager at the time did sign Frank and Dank. So, you know, once in a blue moon, it was very close and, and the dream was there and it was attainable. I was like, ah, but I, I just didn't get there. But, you know, I, I think he's still he's still a dream um, that, that will never be able to uh, come to fruition, unfortunately. But, you know, besides that, I think uh, I still have dreams of, uh, you know, I guess going back to one of the questions you asked earlier, um, I had worked with the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra years back. And that was definitely one of my most memorable performances ever. Um, I would love to do that with the Toronto Symphony Orchestra as well and try something with them. And I know other DJs have done it, but uh, and I was in contact with them in talks with doing something. But uh, unfortunately, at that time, my uh, collaborator, or at least my contact, who, who was uh, at that time, the, um, I forget what his position was, but it would have been the... Uh, the organizer of, I guess, their their collaborative works, uh, he had left. So the talks fizzled and, uh, you know, maybe Rich can put in a word for me or something, you know, Rich, ahem, ahem. <laughs> oh, well, as far as the Dilla thing goes, maybe you can uh, collaborate with Glasper because I know he was a big uh, collaborator with uh, with Dilla as well. So Yeah, and, and, you know, there are amazing artists out there. And, and I'm, I think I'm just uh, reaching for, for that dream that will never be attainable. Just kind of one of those chases that, that you'll never be able to chase down. You know, so, um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much. Listen, so at this time, we want to open up the floor to questions from a representative from the RPSM Youth Committee. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with the Youth Committee, it is a committee-wide uh, youth group for young leaders of high school age. They meet virtually every week at this time, Thursday, 7 to 8, and engage in social activities, discussions, educational workshops like this one, and leadership and development. Uh, if you're looking for more information or are interested in signing up or interested in signing up your child, feel free to email Jasper at studentdevelopment at rpmusic.org. Uh, we'll also put that in the chat. Uh, and at this time, I'd like to call Ali Berti um, to unmute herself and ask a question. Hello. 
Okay, so my question is for Melanie and Oscar. And the question is, were there any songs that you liked more than others? Mm. You can go first, Mel. I think she muted. I think she's just really low. No, just come a little closer. Not being a huge fan of Bang Bang because um, I have a very large range vocally. From I actually had to teach myself to lower my voice and speak lower because I always used to speak up here. And it's hard to hear when you talk like this to the audience. And my mom said, Melanie, ground yourself. And I said, I'm really, really trying, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, bang Bang is just kind of monotone. There's not really much that I can do with the vocals. So I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was putting my best forward, my best foot forward performing that song. I felt like I was kind of hindering myself. So one day we had a performance Downtown Toronto was a huge performance where Cardinal was there and we had thousands of people in the audience and the sound man couldn't get my vocals to to play for everybody. I mean, like I had a microphone. It wasn't a, a lip syncing situation, but the mic didn't go on till the very end. Cardinal's mic was working. My mic was a dud. And somehow um, right at the end of the song, when the track ended, my my song came. I mean, my vocals came on. The mic started working and I just... I said, my, and suddenly I was like, oh, it's working, it's working. I said that inside my brain. I didn't say it too bad for everybody. But then I did this big vocal, my baby shot me. And everybody went crazy. And I was like, okay. But that was my favorite moment on stage. And then that became my favorite song to perform because there was something I could do within it now that I pretty much do every time. And every time the audience acts like they've never heard that before. So yeah, that's the answer to my question. Grant, you want to take that? That that was actually a good one. I remember that show, and uh, that yeah, that became like a signature thing to do. Uh, that big ending, and then I kind of added the 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 little sauce, the extra sauce on top uh, with the gunshot scratches. Yes, <laughs> yes. So you know, just because I mean, you know that that song was big in the on on the Kill Bill uh, soundtrack, right? So yep. In the movie, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a that was a good one. And I actually always loved uh, performing where I'm going. Um, that was always a, a fun one to do. Um, but I, yeah, I guess my favorite songs that that we collaborated on uh, would be where I'm going, and uh, I would say from the new ones, uh, definitely listen. You know, listen is a is a really really cool track. I like that. Yeah, I love it too. To be quite honest, and. Um... It was produced by uh, Static Select, who's a, a DJ and a producer, well known within this within the America and Canada, I guess around the world. He's a pretty big deal, and because he's a DJ, I'd like to say that uh, certain people were pushing me to have him do the scratches, but I said no. Grouch is my guy, and we're doing this together. <laughs> no, 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 no shade to Static Select. No, he, no shade, not. no shade at all. Right, Much so. respect, but. Grouch and I are so comfortable and I just, I trust him and the other guy already produced it, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's it. That's what it is. Sometimes it's just like, you don't have to go uh, nuts or, or, you know, like go extra crazy on a song. It just needs something simple. And that's why I just used that, uh, that old, uh, old uh, hip hop record, you know, the, come on, y'all, let's rock the, you know, I just used the come on y'all part and it just fit well. It just, just sits in the pocket, you know? And that's the other thing. When you and I do a show together and if somebody else is on it, what are you going to do? Do what somebody else did already? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a high five to that. <laughs>
Amazing. I'm going to open up the floor to any other uh, students or anyone else who's on um, listening in who has a question for our, our panelists. Don't all speak at once. I have a question, actually. Can you hear me? Oh, we can hear you. Excellent. Uh, this is for all of the panelists. Uh, Kiyoshi touched on something about growth. I love that. Uh, I find that a lot of the collaborations, whether they be teaching or musical or even just friends, you take something from each of your collaborators. So for all of our panelists, can you name one thing that you've taken that you'll take with you for forever? Could be musical, could be personal, could just be a personality, uh, uh, a personality trait that you're inspired by. But one thing that you've taken that, that you will take with you from your collaborator that that has helped you with your personal growth. Mind is something that I learned from my mom. My mom is an amazing performer, and she performs like I've never seen anybody do in my life. My mom makes the crowd act like the zombies in Thriller. Whatever she says to do, they do. So. What I've taken from my mom is be in the moment, enjoy yourself. If you're not having fun, then they're not having fun. And that is so important. It's everything. It's more important than the words you're singing. Sometimes you forget the words. And here's another thing from my mom. Make it up. <laughs> you can't stop singing the song, right? You got to move forward and the show must go on. And it's not about the words. It's about what's in here and connecting with other people. And that will open up what's in here from them. So imagine the energy coming from you and that same energy coming back at you from the people you're connecting with. It's the best feeling in the whole world. Yeah, you go first. Okay, sure. Thanks, John. Um, well, I learned from my teacher. It's kind of the same thing, but he he always said, you know, when you're performing, you know, if if you make a mistake, make it with all your heart, you know, just, just go for it. Um, it's better to play with all your heart and all your spirit, even if it's a sloppy performance, than to try to play it safe and not express yourself. Like, you know, you can have a textbook performance where you're doing everything by the book and theoretically it's it's perfect. But, you know, if there's no heart, if there's no soul in it, um, then what's it for, right? So it's, it's better, as you say, to screw up and make a lot of mistakes up. But if, if you're if you're putting it all out there, I think that's like even more important. And so that's something I learned from my teacher. But, um, you know, it's something I, I remember every time I perform with anyone is you just put it on the line, put it on the line and you just go for it. Don't hold back. Um, don't be worried about making those mistakes. Um, just show people your heart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are both great points. And, and I do. 100% agree with both of those. Um, and uh, for me, I think uh, something that I've always taken away or at least remember or, or kind of go back to collaboration wise is uh, with with a actually friend of Oscars as well, Jasper's too, uh, is Socrates. Um, this was an early and probably Melanie too, actually. So this was a, an early, uh, I guess, collaboration that I did with Socks. And um I think at that time, you know, going back to what you were saying about nerves, I was nervous. You know, I'm sitting here in studio with Socrates and and I was so rigid in what we were trying to do. And it was so like, uh, like just too like robotic. And and all this ties into what Kiyoshi says and what Melanie says um, that he, he was just like, yo, relax, you know, kind of sit back in the pocket and 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 kind of vibe with it more than like just try to achieve what you're trying to achieve, you know, like kind of really feel it and and like 
do like really feel the beat that you're trying to like go over right now. What I was trying to do was lay some cuts for him. So um, yeah, and, and it kind of stuck with me. And then obviously it worked out because he used the cuts. Uh, I believe they were for, I forget what song they were. They might've been Father Time Part 2. Yes, I believe it was. Anyways, um, and it's always stuck with me because, you know, sometimes I find when I'm nervous or if I'm not like feeling it, like Yoshi says, if I'm not like, I have my heart in it or, or if like what Melanie says, if I'm not like um, kind of just enjoying, I'm, I'm really, really rigid. And if I go back to that point of my career where socks were just like, you know, take it easy, relax and, and, um, you know, just, you, you could do it, just feel it out and really just vibe out, you know, uh, it, you really can do it and, and do it better than what you were trying to do when, when you're a robot trying to just do uh, what you're intending to do <laughs> if that makes sense um yeah so i guess finally for me i mean um first off all all those uh things that uh that john and kiyoshi and melanie said are, are are really good important things um for me it's always been uh you know never letting you never letting them see you sweat or like that things are going wrong like uh just always stay calm and cool under pressure. Uh, although I could have like the, you know the big butterflies in my stomach and I'm I'm panicking inside, but I never I, I keep a, a, a you know a poker face the whole time. Um, and uh, yeah, and I and and it was uh, actually the, one of the, the guys that got me into into the DJ battle scene. Uh, my my boy Rob, he uh, he was the one who basically put that in my head. Because was, that was the first battle I ever entered, and I, you know, this was like, you know, my nerves are, I was shaking the whole night, right? But just like, you got to stay calm and, and cool and collected, and I've always, you know, kept that in my mind. No matter how bad things are going, like, you know, the needles are skipping, but well, back in the day, you know what I mean? Now you're digital, but I mean, your computer can crash on you, you know what I mean? Just the other day, I was actually, you know, doing a Twitch broadcast and the song I played, I didn't look at the time on the song and and the song ended abruptly, you know what I mean? And then I just grabbed the mic and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. But, you know, just I didn't like, you know, I didn't go, go, you know, get upset and, you know, I wasn't. I didn't show it. So. Amazing, amazing. I think Richard had his hand up, but uh, I'll throw it out just to make sure no one, no other students has a question. And then if not, I guess we'll let Richard ask this question. All right, floor is yours. <laughs> hey, thanks. I know it's getting late. Um, I just wanted to ask you guys, any, anyone on the panel, if, um, you know, we said it earlier in a meeting that Lucas and I were in of good collaboration will take a project to a place where you couldn't have gotten on your own. So can you maybe speak to where either of your collaborative projects together went to a place where you couldn't have dreamed of on your own? Kiyoshi and John, I could sort of see the obvious like um, place that you got to that you wouldn't have gotten to on your own. But you, I think you sort of know what I mean by that by that question. Hopefully it, it, it put you in a different direction that you couldn't have imagined without the, the actual collaboration happening, if that made sense, which it didn't anyway. My best attempt. Um, Kiyoshi, do you want to chime in? Um, yes, of course. I do not play taiko drums, obviously. So we could not get to the collaboration uh, where I play taiko drums and DJ at the same time um, without Kiyoshi's help and the team. By the way, they are amazing. So um, I can't wait for everyone to see what we've kind of come up with. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, it's tough. It's tough to kind of uh, imagine where it could have gone other 
like elsewhere now that we've kind of uh, recreated some of the tracks that we've started collaborating with. Um, but I could see how how kind of if it was just DJing or if it was just so say I'm just doing my parts without the taiko drum, it's gonna get boring real quick. But with with Kiyoshi and and the squad behind me or in front of me actually here literally, um, it makes it that much more exciting, you know. And um, what I'm doing is really just to kind of not not only showcase hip hop in the DJ, but to really complement what they're trying to do. So um, I, I I try not to overpower what they're doing, and they and they are really doing the same thing when they give me my spot. So. But the, John, the, the thing I was thinking is like in working with Kyoshi, I assume it's your first time working with a, a Taiko ensemble. Has it unearthed something in you as a musician that you never saw in yourself or heard in yourself prior to this collaboration? I guess is kind of a, you know, is that? Me, th- yeah, 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 for sure. I, I think for me, it, it's patterns and, and like, you know, the patterns that I hear, um, Kiyoshi and, and, and the group do are really inspiring to me and and really um kind of what drives what i add if that makes sense so for example if i'm if i'm um like that piece that you guys showed a lot of times what i'm trying to do patterns wise is is very much uh the pattern of of the the drummer before me and and i think in terms of just patterns and and uh cadence on on the beat i think that's what i take away from 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 kiyoshi because it's very different and counts is very different which is some sometimes why i have a hard time with with our cue points on on where i need to be in our in our music but um that's the fun of it too so as as nerve-wracking as it is it's also great to uh have that challenge and have that that uncomfortableness i guess kiyoshi please add (laughs) well yeah i mean on our part i mean i've never seen my group just be able to move much more freely to beats and rhythms like we, we we adapted a piece a traditional japanese folk song where we're singing and typically in performance we're standing really rigidly and you know looking really serious and now with the hip-hop beat behind it it's totally changed our perception of of feel and how to how to sing this song and the drummers are like moving much more freely it's really opened us up um and that wouldn't have been possible without having you know john's music kind of as as the the backbone behind behind this uh traditional song that we're singing so it's really it's given us it's given this music a whole new meaning um that would not have happened otherwise it's just put a new spin on something that would otherwise never have existed i guess so moments like that are really cool like those moments where just by adding john's you know scratches in his beats just puts a whole new spin you know um to our music yeah can you remind the students how they can get tickets for the show on the 7th i believe was it 7th or 8th uh, 7th yes it's on the seventh. Uh, I think Rich, uh, Richard, did you? Uh, you said there's um, maybe an email going out to the the parents or the students. Yep, that'll go out tomorrow, and we'll also be promoting it on our social media. That's right. Perfect. And Richard, we'll just stay with you since uh, you've already right yourself just inserted yourself into this. <laughs> As I do, Thompson. Uh, thanks, everybody. So, just want to give a heads up if you're if you're wanting to join our, we have a, a hand drumming uh, group that's meeting virtually on Wednesdays at five. And if you're interested in joining that, uh, feel free to join us. It's led by um, Aqua Nini Wapasconi, and she is uh, doing an incredible job. Uh, so I would encourage you guys to join that. It's on Wednesdays at five through the summer for the next few weeks. 
and we're looking to continue that work over the fall. We also have our community band at seven o'clock every Thursday night. Um, and you're welcome to join that as well. Uh, so either of those, you can RSVP to, to, uh, to get a link to join those at, um, you can email, uh, Aliza at adminjf at rpmusic.org. And then finally, anyone of our students listening who want to perform at our, we have, we have a, um, upcoming, um, virtual open mic. I know Alaberti and some others in the group have performed at this before. So we're hoping that you'll, um, you'll get involved and, and perform. It's on August the 20th at 5 p.m. So we look forward to seeing you there. And I believe the deadline to submit if you're interested in performing is the 13th. So that's coming up. And, um, the only thing I don't know is how you would actually submit info on how you would perform. So I'm hoping that Jasper and Lucas can provide backup on that. And, uh, you know, collaboration is my favorite word. So, uh, thank you everybody for the collaboration that we get to do every day. Bye. Bye-bye. Amazing. Uh, thank you, Richard. And also a big thank you to our panelists, John, Oscar, Melanie, Kayoshi. Um, it has been, uh, it's been awesome to just kind of talk in, well, actually, this is also the first time we've had uh, our PSM faculty. So Grouch Dopey, thank you so much for continuing to support the school and the students in the way you do. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Um, that's not on the script. I wrote that myself. Just wanted you to know that. Um, big thanks to Lucas, Simone, and Tamla uh, and the Youth Committee for supporting this event as well. Uh, as always, big thanks to Stephanie Perificati and Jasper Gahunia for bringing this series to life behind the scenes. And a shout out to Devin Good Food for the discount food deal that they provide for our online events. And please check back with our YouTube channel, as well as Every Little Voice podcast from the past RPSM Talks recordings. Uh, make sure you RSVP for the next one happening September 30th at 7 p.m. Uh, there will be no August edition. Um, we imagine that all of you are busy. Uh, be safe, have fun, enjoy your summer. I'm Thompson Egbegbo, and this concludes the fifth installment of RPSM Talks. We will leave you with a recorded song by Naga Chatu. Um, did I, I think I got that right. Did I get it right? Yep, and I got the shot Yep. Yes. Okay. Well, actually, you know what? You know, I, I'm because now I'm even nervous and breaking out in sweats. I'll let you introduce the song. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think you're going to hear Tai Chi no Sekabi, which means shouting earth. Amazing. Thanks again. Thank you for supporting the Every Little Voice podcast. Please subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. I'm Richard Marcella from the Regent Park School of Music, where to learn more, visit rpmusic.org. Thank you for your support. Be safe, and we'll see you again next time.